You are listening to Women Who Launch and Lead, the podcast for women ready to change the world by women who are changing the world. Listen in each week on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Breaker, or Stitcher as we connect with women making it happen in life, business, and career. Relate to their struggles, learn their strategies, and celebrate their successes. Then show your love by subscribing and leaving a review. Now, here's your host, Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon. Hello, hello, hello. We are here for another episode of Women Who Launch and Lead. And today we have with us Dr. Wendy Talley, who is a licensed clinical social worker and the CEO of Police Consulting Group, LLC. And we are so excited to have her here with us today. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Wendy. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Dr. Witherspoon, of bringing, um, having me here on your wonderful podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So we always begin by asking our guests to share who you are and how you're impacting the world. So tell us about yourself. Wow, that is a definite loaded question, but who am I? I'm just a regular girl from Los Angeles, California, straight from the hood, <laughs> born and raised, right? Where you get to play outside and drink water from the, uh, from the hose from back in the day and playing double dutch. And along the way of just being inspired and having some wonderful parents and great family members, I've gone to college, I've gone and, and done some amazing things, but you know, currently who I am. I am, like you said, the CEO of the Lease Consulting Group. And so with that comes with me being a licensed clinical social worker. And I've been in the field, oh, wow, for about 20 years, May 11th of this year, May my 20th year of being in the mental health field. And this is how I impact the world. I impact the world by talking and, and working with individuals and helping them deal with emotional distress, um, dealing with regular life challenges like stress management, work management, um, you know, from depression, anxiety, couples issues, you name it. That's something that I definitely do. And I love doing it because I love helping people get on the other side of what it is that they are struggling with. So yeah, that's me. Awesome. Awesome. I had no idea that you had been in the quote unquote business. <laughs> for some that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so that, that speaks to the fact that, you know, you, you look young, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everyone always sees, I got this baby face. I seem not to age. My mother did the exact same thing. My father didn't age. So we, we, we got that Midas touch, right? Until <laughs> about 80 years old, that's when it kind of starts to plummet. So I'm going to try to hold on to this for a few more years. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what led you to become um, a social worker and then, you know, licensed clinical social worker? And you can even share about the difference between those, because I think a lot of people don't mm -hmm. recognize the difference. Yes. Um, and then into actually starting your own practice. 
Wow. Um, the crazy part of becoming a social worker was because of, because of a traumatic experience that I had with a social worker. Mm. And in high school, um, when I was in high school, I've, I was born with a learning disability. My mother had me in her late 40s during her, her menopausal period. And so um, that caused a lot of challenges, you know, when you're giving birth to a child. And so me and my twin brother, God rest his soul, he didn't make it. Um, I was the only one that actually made it we were born blue. And so 10 minutes of not having um, oxygen to the brain, the first 10 minutes of life caused damage. Well, I have um, dysgraphia and dyslexia. Most people knows what dyslexia is when you switch things around and you may be missing certain things. But dysgraphia is actually the impairment to grammar, writing, and processing the English language. And you're thinking like, okay, she can talk, she can write, she's a doctor. How did she make it through? And so, well, when I met my, when I met my first social worker, like actually like having a real relationship with a social worker, because I've always had social workers in my life because of my learning challenge. I remember talking to a social worker that looked like me, black woman. Mm -hmm. She had an Afro. So back in the day, that's what it was, right? We was just keeping it real. So, and I remember her telling me, she said, Wendy, you're not that smart. Um, you will not make it to college and you will not finish. You just, you're, you're struggling in school. And it really hurt my feelings because my family never treated me this way. My friends never treated me this way. Heck, my teachers never treated me this way. I knew I had some challenges, but people always helped me and I did really well with help. And so I was really confused about that. And here's a social worker telling me that, I was not good enough to do every to do something that all of my other friends and family were able to do. And so I didn't believe her, but I was scared to believe her and it really hurt me. So that's why I became a social worker because I believe that if this woman said this to me, who else did she say this to? Mm -hmm. And how she has prevented so many politicians, doctors, attorneys, great housewives, great aunties, great, um, you know, uh, business women mm -hmm. from becoming who they are, living out their true destiny. And I said, I did not want to be one of the many people that failed to pray to that. So that's why I became a social worker, because if I can turn around and give life to people that struggled, okay, that's what I wanted to do. So I got my master's in social work from the University of Southern California, USC, <laughs> go Trojans, yes. <laughs> Born and raised down the street. And I said, I'm gonna go to that school one day. Uh -huh. And and then, then once you know, I started my life and my career, I became a licensed clinical social worker. And you are right. Being a licensed clinical social worker is, is a little different, but it is very impactful than being just a regular social worker, right? And so being a licensed clinical social worker basically means you are licensed to practice independently. Okay. that you do not need um, um, supervision to practice independently in a private practice. You can deal with insurance companies. You are able to operate as your own business, right? And you, but you are held at a higher level, a higher standard um, as someone who is under someone's supervision. They still have the same mandates, but you're held at a higher level, a higher standard. And it opens up amazing doors, right? To 
excuse me, leadership opportunities, directing opportunities, owning your own business, being a consultant. And so I wanted to make sure I maximized every opportunity because I feel like once you get your master's degree, if there's an extra step, you may graduate being an attorney from you know law school, mm-hmm. but technically you're not an Esquire until when? You got to pass that bar. Right, right. So you got to finish. And I was always a person to believe I had to finish. I had to finish school. I had to finish to let the social worker, her name was Mrs. Brown, God rest her soul. And I actually am glad she said what she said to me because had she not said that to me, I would have I never pushed in my life the way that I do now mm-hmm. because I have finally reached the top of my career. Mm-hmm. The top, getting my doctorate in social work from the same university. I had to go back to USC. You know, we always go back home, go Trojans, right? And so I went back to say that if I can do this and be successful, I can do something else. And someone else believed in me that I can actually do this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got a learning disability. Yeah, you got all that other stuff. But look what you've done thus far. And so, I believe I'm successful because other people believe that I can do more and be more than where I am and where I stand. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so happy that I had other people really believe in me and push me and be there for me. Because had they not, I don't know where I would be right now. I probably wouldn't even have a college degree, let alone a high school diploma. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there were a lot of great nuggets in what you said. Um, so, you know, the first and just sharing your story is about, mm-hmm. you know, you were born with these challenges. So it wasn't necessarily, you know, like the typical environmental challenge in terms of where, where you know, where you grew up and that type right. of thing. But something that um, you really had bear, that no, no one had any control over it, right? It was right. what it was when you were born. Exactly. Uh, but you, you did not let that stop you, right? right. And even when someone who came into your life who was supposed to really not Mm -hmm. help you, but help push you forward. Right. um, Shared some words that could have really changed, changed the trajectory of your life and sent you down Mm -hmm. a totally different path. You didn't let that stop you and you actually allowed it to, to motivate you, to propel you to, prove her wrong, essentially, <laughs> you know, yes. no, no, like, that doesn't sound right. It doesn't fit right with me. Yeah. Right. You know, it might not be easy, but I still think I can do it. And I think there's, um, you know, just something that our audience can pull from both of those lessons in terms of there are some things that you just can't control, but it doesn't mean that it has to control you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's the first one. And yeah. then the second is that people will say negative things. Yes. People will say things to demotivate you. Sometimes it's intentional and sometimes it's out of their own ignorance, but you yeah. get to decide how those words impact your life. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's important what you just said. The last thing right there, you decide how it's going to impact. People decide how words are going to impact because it's inevitable for somebody to be negative. They will be there. That's their design purpose, right? <laughs> I'm glad I'm I'm not one of those people that have been designed to be negative and put people down. I don't ever want to have that title. Yes, it's not how I want to live my life or be known for. It. But there are people that are designed that way. And so you can hear it, you can take it, 
But then how are you going to, if you're going to even use it as part of your makeup, as part of your recipe? I mean, there's so many ingredients out in the world, but they doesn't, they doesn't always have to go with your meal, with your makeup, with your personality. And I think we need to understand you are in control. I'm in control. I knew I had what I had, but no one made me feel down about it. Mm -hmm. I've never been called stupid. I've been called a whole lot of other things <laughs> in my life other than a child of God in Jesus' name. <laughs> Glory. But I have never been called stupid. Mm -hmm. Not even a professor that had to grade my paper down. Even when I was in graduate school. Here, I'm in a doctoral program. And I'm like, can I do this? Mm -hmm. Two years ago, I'm in my 40s, successful, have a business. And I'm asking myself, can I do this? Mm -hmm. I'm still asking myself this question. And I got professors telling me, Wendy, you got something that no one else has in this program. But I know we need to help you, you know, work through this challenge of being able to, you know, articulate on paper. It is what it is. They said, if you can take whatever you say verbally and put it on paper, it will be golden. And, but, but I do know that there's a disconnect between the paper and me, the paper and my thought. Mm -hmm. And that's that anxiety. That's that putting down. I still have it today. Mm -hmm. I still do it today. But I still wrote a book. Mm -hmm. I still write policies and procedures. <laughs> I still put manuals together. Right. <laughs> and I and you know what? You know what's so you know what's so so blissful about being able to do that? There are people before me mm -hmm. that have created a path and a template. That, that would allow me able to use their foundation to create my craft. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful for that. And so I always, people will always hear me say, I love smart people. I will always hang around smart people because at least they did all the hard work and I just can come, come behind them and give, <laughs> you know, make sure I can cite their name and make sure I don't know the plagiarism, but I am going to copy what you just right. did. <laughs> <laughs> I love you for it. I love you for yeah. it. Keep doing it. Keep doing all the hard work. I just want to... <laughs> Yes, that's good too because we you know we sometimes feel like we have to create a new will like we yes. can't make a difference and can't make an impact unless we create something new yeah and well how many people are losing out on you while yes. it takes you five years to gather all your raw materials <laughs> to create this new thing instead yeah. of just taking something that exists and tweaking it and making it your own and then putting that out into the world. Exactly. Edison, Thomas Edison created the light bulb, right? How many different light bulbs we got? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should, I mean, think about the first cell phone, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Our first cell phone is not that big block anymore. And look how many companies have used that template to improve. Mm -hmm. You are an improvement on a model that was the original design. Yeah. And every time a person has been born, you are the better version of the original design. You get better and better and better and better. And I, and I believe there are people out there that are creating this path. So many people have created this path for you, for this wonderful podcast. Had somebody not taken the opportunity to say, what if I do this version? You wouldn't have this opportunity. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have this opportunity that somebody decided that I'm going to be the first black social worker. Mm -hmm. Somebody had to do it. And somebody took that and improved on it and improved on it. And I think that in order to be successful, sometimes you have to 
you not sometimes, but I believe all the time, you work with people that have already been, been where you want to go. They have done the work, learn from them, talk with them. This is not a quick thing and, and really use their platform to grow your platform Mm -hmm. and get with someone that's willing to help you because not everybody is willing. But when you find that one that is willing to help you because they want to leave a legacy, that's the one who you lean on. Right. Right. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. Yes. Um, what's one of the biggest challenges that you face? Oh God. <laughs> being an entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur. There you go. Right there. No, no say it. Be, the decision to be an entrepreneur, I think is the most scariest thing most people are, are, are afraid to do is making the decision because it's that uncertainty. It's that, what do I do if? It's that uncertainty of, I may not have. It's that uncertainty missing that every bi-weekly check, right? I miss my bi-weekly check. I do. (laughs) (laughs) I I miss the 15th and the 30th. I do. I do. (laughs) It took me a minute to think, why am I getting that deposit? Okay. Well, what's, oh, I don't work anymore. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But being an entrepreneur and that journey for me has been the most rewarding experience. I have grown so much. I've learned so much. I have I have realized my potential um, and I have realized that I can get through some tough times mm-hmm. when I didn't think just recently, literally just recently, just recently. Oh my God. I'm just so excited about this that recently, I kid you not, a couple of days ago, I was feeling overwhelmed. And I thought about quitting. Mm-hmm. I thought about letting everything go. I just said, I can't, this is too much. The pandemic, everybody is just needing help and I just can't keep up with it. And I knew I had this blessing that was kind of like sitting there off to the side, but I started to have those negative thoughts. Like, I can't do this. I've just weighed myself too much. I can't do it. To make a very long story short, I've closed my very first biggest contract ever in the history of me being an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and doing my very first proposal ever, Mm -hmm. right? And I was scared about doing the proposal because I was writing. Mm I was writing. I was putting stuff together. I kept checking my grammar. I kept going through Grammarly. If anybody else out there that loves Grammarly, I'm a Grammarly girl too. I don't know what I would do without Grammarly. (laughs) And, you know, just really thinking, can I do this? Am I doing enough? Does this look like it's too remedial? Mm -hmm. And I think that in and when you are an entrepreneur, there's a level of uncertainty and you have to be at a space where you have to believe you can still do it. Just go anyway, go scared, but just go anyway. Mm-hmm. And so my journey has really made me stronger. It's made me realize that I can do, I can literally do anything that as long as there's a solution to my problem, I can do it. And that money will come. I think a lot of people are scared that if they're an entrepreneur, they'll be broke. Well, sometimes you got to go through the valley in order to be able to get on the top of the mountain because you got to know what it's like to be there. And, you know, whatever anyone else belief system may be as they're hearing this, I know my God and I follow the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, they have sh- and he has shown up in my life every single time. 
when I didn't think something was going to happen, when I didn't think, you know, I didn't know if, if I was going to be able to pay my bills. I've done well, but I've zeroed out every month. And I'm like, what am I going to do for two weeks? He's always shown up. Mm-hmm. And I've never gone hungry. Mm-hmm. And just having that support system has been great. I think every entrepreneur needs a strong support system. And my husband and my son and my in-laws have been such an amazing support system. And my two best friends mm-hmm. have been such amazing support system. Mm-hmm. And so that has been not only my journey since, mm-hmm. but then also too, it's still my current. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So again, just you, you are, you're dropping some jewels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that that the audience is really picking up on everything. Um, So, you know, one, getting, getting help, right? You had to write this proposal and you used a resource to help you do it grammarly. Now you also hired someone to go back and, you know, edit it and make sure everything was straight, but you knew that that was um, a challenging area for you. So in one, just, put it together and go ahead and send it off. You wanted to right. make sure it was good and you got help mm-hmm. where you where you needed to get mm-hmm. help with that. Right. So, you know, we don't have to be experts in everything. We don't have to be perfect at everything we do, but we need to know how to utilize resources, whether those are people or tools, whatever it may be, to yes. help improve on what we can do ourselves, right? Absolutely. And then um you you have the the piece about being willing to to go through the valley, right? When you start off in your career, you start off in an entry level position. Yes. It really is no different <laughs> with entrepreneurship. Same you thing. Earn, you got to earn your way to six figures, and you yes. got to earn your way to seven figures, right? Now, yes. that doesn't mean that you can't have, you know, like you might hit six figures in your first year, and that that's great. It's Pot is possible, you know what right. I mean. But on day one, you're starting at zero, and you got to put in the work to move that zero to one hundred, to one thousand, to ten thousand. Yeah. You, you right. know, but we we want it quick. We exactly. Want the, we want the C-suite experience, mm-hmm. but we don't have the C-suite experience. <laughs> exactly. 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 <laughs> Yes, that's good. And then and learning how to, you know, just to depend on other people too, because you know us, black women. Yes. We need to get better at this. <laughs> yes. Dr. Witherson, we need to get better at this thing. Yes. Yes. When I tell you the, the re, let me tell you why I closed that deal. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because, I kid you not, I, I swear, and I always give credit to other people. <laughs> I need to give credit to myself for often. But I believe you said it. You got to get people that are better at your weakness. My weakness is money, <laughs> finances. That's what my husband handling. I ain't got that kind of time. So I went to school to be a social worker, not a finances. Okay. I got my girlfriend. This woman I met literally about six months ago, maybe less. Yeah, about six, seven months ago. I met her six, seven months ago on a girl's, or on a girl's Zoom meeting, you know, dealing with the pandemic. Make a very long story short, she's, she knows grants, she knows money, she knows all that stuff. I knew that this particular company wanted to make money. Yeah, I want to help people, yay. Bleeding heart liberal, got that. But they wanted to make money. I said, I can talk to them about money, but I can't talk to them about money. Mm-hmm. It got to make sense. 
And I knew I needed to find somebody that understood. And I called her. I said, will you join me on this venture? I explained it to her. She said, oh, not only do I know that organization, I've been a part of that organization. I can tell them where all the skeletons are. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> she jumped in on it. She put her little spiel in the PowerPoint presentation. She added her slide. I brought her in. I did all the cutesy stuff and did the amazing presentation and gave them the winning smile. She came in and opened up all their skeletons. I know where the money's buried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know where you keep it. This is what you need to do. I know who this, that, and the other. He didn't even hesitate. He said, let's get together next week. Let's finalize the paperwork, and I'll send you a check. I said, glory. <laughs> right. I said, you know, and that's what we need to do as women. Mm-hmm. We need to do this thing. We don't have to do it by ourselves. Right. right. Anybody who's listening, you don't have to. Find the right person. Interview them. Mind you, I met her seven months ago. I just talked to her about this deal three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We closed yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I've been interviewing this woman for seven months. I just didn't call her out of the blue and didn't know who she was and just went on a whim. I got to know her. I got to know her heart. I got to know her spirit because I needed to make sure we were in alignment. And so we don't have to do this by ourselves. Let's collaborate. We all can win. There's billions of people on this planet. I can't serve billions. I don't want to. Right. Right. I don't. That's too much responsibility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if we can do this thing together, can you imagine how great we, how great we can be? Black Wall Street. It wasn't one person. It was a community of people Mm -hmm. that were thriving and we can have that again. So I, that's the, that's the journey of entrepreneurship. We need to change that lens and start coming together because we can do this thing and we can do this thing together. Yes, absolutely. So here, here's, here's what I heard you say in all of that. One thing, one thing that I heard you say in all of that (laughs) was, the need for us to network. So you were yes. interviewing her for seven months, but you didn't know you were interviewing her for seven months. Exactly. You connected with her and then began to develop a relationship. You didn't know what was coming down the line. You didn't no. know you were going to be submitting this proposal <laughs> to this company, but you had a relationship. And when the need came, it's like, okay, let, let me call her. Yeah. Had you not made the connection in the Zoom meeting, yeah. And then took that offline. Yeah. And began to nurture that. You might have been sitting there like, I need somebody and I don't, I don't know who to call. Yeah. So we, you know, we got to open up. We got to, we can have our circle, have your sister's circle, right? But be right. willing to open up space and let, make room for other people. Exactly. In, in your life. <laughs> you got to make room. You got to make room. You got to know who's in the room. And my life has opened up because I have honored other people's spaces. Mm-hmm. I honor your space. I honor, I honor people who have, tr- have made the way for me. Mm-hmm. And so I still come humble. Yes, I'm Dr. Wendy Talley, but I'm still Wendy. I, there's so much more I need to know. And so we need to not get so big about ourselves mm-hmm. and not forget who have paved the way for us and serve. We need to network and serve, mm-hmm. network and serve. Mm-hmm. If you are a speaker and you want to do a speaking business, have you ever volunteered to work for a speaker and see what it likes behind the scenes? Right. 
Do you even know what that even looks like? Or are you just trying to jump out there right away? Mm-hmm. Have you sat at the registration table? Have right. you gone and get their coffee and their sandwich right before the event? Yeah. Did you help them put the earrings in the ear? <laughs> you know, what does that look like? You have to know what it's like. Have you sat in the back room with them when they didn't think they were going to do it? Mm-hmm. And they started crying. Like, I can't go out there. Yes, you can. Did you see that? Or do you only see when they walk out mm-hmm. and you see everybody cheering? Right. You see, they didn't have nobody cheering when they was in the bathroom making the decision if they even want to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, when the one person showed up at a 50 seat event and they gave their all to that one person. Mm-hmm. Or when nobody showed up, right? When nobody bought a ticket, and they didn't, give up. Like? <laughs> and they still didn't give up. Mm-hmm. But you only see the end result, and so you think that if you have this idea, boom. Mm-hmm. So I want people to know. Lastly, for me, on that note of entrepreneurship, your business, your idea cannot be for you. Mm-hmm. It has to serve. What problem? What pain point is your idea serving? If you are doing this business, whatever it is, or your idea, your dream, your goal, and it's only serving your purpose, it's only designed for you, and you want everybody else to jump on board, you're going to fail. Mm -hmm. It will not go past you. It will not go past your front door. It won't go past your lawn. It won't go past your driveway. It will not get past you. Mm -hmm. You will get other people say, oh, that's a great idea for you. But how does that serve the population? Mm-hmm. Know your population and make sure that your idea is serving outside of you. Mm-hmm. It cannot be self-serving. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> so as we bring our conversation to a close, I know that you have something special for our listeners. Can you tell them what that is and where they can find it? Go to my page, www com, and you can get my book. You can order my book and it will come to you. But once I know that you've ordered and you leave me a beautiful message, you will also get, you will be able to get my journal. Um, you got a nice little journal book that you can use to write all of your copious notes as you are working through your workbook and designing your dreams and your goals. You will get an amazing pen, a beautiful pen that will just say, this is what I'm doing. And then you'll get a nice little tote bag because you're going to be carrying around those heavy dreams and goals. You got to have something to carry in it, right? Yes. And how can our women listeners um, connect with you online? If they want to, you know, reach out, just follow you, stay up to date with what you have going on. Oh, yes. So, of course, my two favorite, um, actually, my three favorite, first and foremost, is Facebook. So, it's Wendy Tally, LCSW, DSW. And then, same thing for um, LinkedIn and Instagram. Thank you so much again for joining us um, on Women Who Launch and Lead. It's been a great conversation, and I wish we had more time because we could. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us for Women Who Launch and Lead with Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and leave your positive review so we can continue to bring you impactful and powerful content. 
don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Coach Sharita. Learn more about how you can work with Dr. Sharita at SharitaWeatherspoon.com. As always, learn, launch, lead.